Well, praise the Lord. I'm so happy to be with you uh, tonight. And uh, we'd like to extend a very warm welcome to all the Cornerstone Global Network family of churches. And wherever you are in the world, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It's going to be a wonderful time today in the presence of God. You know, my message today is entitled uh, the, the Lord of Breakthroughs. And the reason for that is because there are people watching this message today that are in need of a breakthrough. And maybe it could be a financial breakthrough. Maybe it could be a, 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 a breakthrough that you need in the area of your healing. Some of you are stalemated. Some of you are in an impasse and you can't move forward. You can't go backwards. You are stuck there. And I believe that God has a word for you to bring you out of the doldrums that you're in. And maybe some of you pastoring churches, uh, you, you've been stuck at 50 people, maybe 100 people. And I tell you this, I believe that God wants to give a word to you today, an anointed word of breakthrough to break you out from that place hallelujah of small thinking and bring you into a place of abundance God and I believe that this word is a word for you this evening my text today is the book of Isaiah the 28th chapter and verse 21 and it says the Lord will rise up as at Mount Perizim and he will be angry as in the valley of Gibeon that he may do his work his awesome work and bring to pass his unusual act now Verse 21 of Isaiah 28 is an interesting verse. The prophet Isaiah is alluding to two battles that Israel fought where God supernaturally intervened in those battles in such a way that not only did Israel defeat their enemies, they routed them. Hallelujah. They crushed them. Amen. Because God intervened. There was a divine breakthrough. The first story is found in the book of Joshua, the 10th chapter, where five Gentile kings had gathered together and they came against Israel. Israel, of course, was under the leadership of Joshua and he went out to fight these five kings and God aided Israel in a supernatural way. And those five armies fled, but the day was breaking and Joshua needed more time to rout his enemies. So he prayed. One of the most grandiose prayer, one of the most brazen prayers in the entire Bible. I love this man. He spoke to the sun and he spoke to the moon and he said, stand still. Woo! And I tell you what they did. Amen. This never happened in history before. It's never happened since. And I tell you this, for God to answer this prayer, he had to stop the world from rotating on its axis. Come on. Hallelujah. If God can do that, if he can move mountains, he can move your, your mountain as well. Amen. You know, the extended time, of course, gave Joshua the opportunity to wipe out these five kings and their army. It was an absolutely amazing story. But the story that I want to focus tonight is found in 2 Samuel chapter 5, which Isaiah alludes in this chapter as an unusual act of God. 2 Samuel chapter 5 is one of my favorite ch uh, chapters in the Bible because it is the chapter where we are introduced to the Lord as the Lord of breakthroughs. Come on, amen. So here's a little synopsis of the story. David is about 37 years of age, and he's been anointed king over the 12 tribes of Israel. For seven and a half years, David was the tribal warlord over just one tribe, which is the house of Judah. But now he has been anointed uh, over the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, 20 years before this, uh, the prophet Samuel comes to the house of Jesse and says that one of your boys is going to be the next king of Israel. David, of course, was chosen, and he was anointed by the great prophet. 
The next thing we know is that he kills a Philistine giant and then he gets invited to the king's palace and he becomes best friend, best friend to the king's favorite son and then he marries the king's daughter, doesn't have to pay taxes the rest of his life, come on. And then he becomes the captain of the guard and everything is going hunky-dory until one day coming back from the battle, the daughters of Zion sang a song and the song was David had killed his, uh, Saul had killed his thousands but David his tens of thousands and David of course the spirit of jealousy comes on Saul and he tries to kill David and David of course had to flee Saul's presence or he would be a dead man by the morning right so for the next 13 years David is hiding as a fugitive from Saul from one cave to another cave 3,000 of Israel's finest soldiers mercenaries bounty hunters were all out looking for David and David hid in those caves living in the barren wilderness and I can tell you for a certainty that it was during those times that David somehow, and I wonder whether he doubted the, the call of God, the, the word that came to him that he knew that he was going to be the king, but now in the, uh, running away as a fugitive, I wonder if there were times where he wondered if this word was ever going to come to pass. And some of you are in that position right now that God gave a word to you, but you are in a, a contrary situation in your life. You're in a turbulent situation in your life. And you're wondering, is this word ever going to come to pass in my life? Hallelujah. Now at this long, at the end of the long period, Saul, is finally killed in battle. David returns to Hebron. The elders of Judah anoint him a second time. And you can find this in 2 Samuel chapter 2. Uh, and, and, and it's a wonderful story. Now in, uh, two, one Samuel chap in 2 Samuel chapter 5, we find David being uh, anointed the third time. And this is a very important anointing because the, the third anointing establishes David to unite the 12 tribes of Israel. And pastors, my friends, don't sell yourself short. Hallelujah. Don't stop at the second anointing. Don't stop at the first anointing. There is a greater anointing that God has for you. Press in for it. Hallelujah. Press in. There's something more that God has for you. Amen. You know, when David became king, the first thing on his to-do list was to take a hill. And that hill, of course, was occupied by the Jebusites. It was called the city of Jebus. And of course, we know it today as the city of Zion. And if you ever been to Israel, it's a it's an amazing place. The one place you got to go is the city of Zion. I've been there many times, and it's almost an impenetrable fortress. It's on a it's on a high uh, rock, uh, and um, it's it's a uh, it's a cliff, and uh, it's it's almost impenetrable. And for four hundred years, nobody could get the Jebusites out of this hill. Finally, David comes to, the, to take this hill and the Jebusites looking from a vantage point says to, to David and his men, he says, even the blind and the lame will repel you. I mean, they were so cocky, man. They, 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 but they didn't know who they were talking to. This was not some tribal warlord. He, they were talk, they were, he was talking, they were talking to the thrice anointed king of Israel. Come on, hallelujah. And I tell you, within 24 hours, David had uh, taken the city and occupied it. And he renamed it Zion or the city of David. Now in 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 12, we find an interesting verse here about David. It says that David knew, watch this please. David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel. Now, what I gather from this is that there is a series of events that are happening and swirling around David's life. And there came a point in David's life that he had this internal, watch this please, this is really important, this internal realization that God was doing something in his life 
that was far larger, that was far grander than he could possibly imagine. And he realized that God was with him, that God was fighting his battles, and it was God that was raising him up to be the man he had created him to be. And what precipitated this was a Gentile king came to David and built him a house. Now, when that house was built, all of a sudden, David had this internal realization that something was happening that was far bigger than what he had anticipated. And what was really happening was God was paving the way for David to establish a dynastic kingdom from which our Messiah would come from. So this is not just about Israel. It's about the salvation of the whole world. Woo! I don't think that prior to this, David had a full understanding of how big this was going to be. I think he knew he was going to be king one day. There were doubts in his life when he was going through the contradictions. But I tell you this, I don't think he understood the extent to which God was going to use his life, that he was going to affect the destiny of countless numbers of people. Hallelujah. Come on. Now, most of us, let's be honest. When God called us, we had absolutely no idea, no understanding how our lives were going to unfold and the extent to which God was going to use our lives. We had an, some of us maybe had an inkling, but we had never, it was never clear. And all of that is designed so that we can exercise faith. Come on, hallelujah. 31 years ago, God called me into full-time ministry. I was straight out from the secular world, wet behind my ears. And I tell you this, 31 years ago, I had no idea. I could have not dreamt in my wildest imaginations that what we're happening right now is what God has done. I look back 31 years, and when we first started, I had very little vision. I had a tiny vision. I had a tiny vision. I, I, I couldn't see beyond uh, maybe a year. And, uh, you know, and, but I look back today and see what God has done. But I tell you this, many of us are in the same place right now you cannot see the future but i want to tell you this that what god has planned for your life is far bigger than what you anticipated hallelujah it's far bigger than what you anticipated amen and uh and 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 the, what the, the lord was saying to david at this point in his life is the word establishing because at this point in david's life god was establishing him as king of all of israel Woo! hallelujah now this inward knowing is what I'm sensing right now for our Cornerstone Global Network of Churches. We've been established about 10 years, but God is now establishing us and bringing us to a place where I believe that we are ready to start impacting the world in a way that we have never expected. I can't explain this to you, but I know it's true. I know it's true. Something is happening. And the purposes of God are now being unfolded before our very eyes. And I want to suggest to you prophetically that this thing is far bigger than any one of us had imagined when we first started. Ten years ago when we had the CGN. Come on, man. We, we had no idea this is where God was going to take us. But I tell you this, this uh, the best is yet to be. Amen. It's something that God is going to do. So we must keep focused. We must not be distracted. We must not be sidetracked. The only thing that can derail us is if we implode. That means we have to guard this baby with a holy jealousy. Come on. Hallelujah. This morning I talked about the baby is coming. And I talked about revival. And I tell you this. God is connecting us with a global revival. He's connecting us. There's going to be something about Cornerstone and our family of churches that's going to precipitate something in the nations. And we've got to believe it. Hallelujah. We have to be delivered from thinking small. Hallelujah. God wants to give us big dreams and big visions because he's able. 
to do according exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. No matter how much you can ask, no matter how much you can think, God is able to do far more exceedingly. Come on, hallelujah. Then the next thing that David does is a little confusing. This is recorded in 1 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 13 and 16. When God gives David this internal realization that his kingdom was being established, what does David do? He goes out and he marries more wives and more concubines. Man, I, I go figure, right? I, I, what's happening here, right, was that David gets into the flesh, right? And be careful, my friends, because every time God tells you that he's going to use you, the devil is always there to tell you uh, how to get it done. I'm telling you this. Every time you have this realization that God's going to use my life, the devil is always going to be there whispering to, to you to tell you how you should do it. And when God speaks to you and tells you that he's going to establish you, my friends, you've got to allow him to do it. Amen. You know, I have had prophecies given to me 40 years ago that are now coming to pass in my life. Not in my wildest dreams would I have imagined that. But I tell you this, I've not lifted one finger to try and make those prophecies come to pass. If God gives that word to you, then my job is to pray for those prophecies. It is to pray. It becomes my prayer list. I pray over those prophecies, but it's God's responsibility to bring the word to pass in my life. Amen. Because if you try and help him to do it, my goodness, we've got to get into a lot of mess. Amen. So all these things that are happening in my life were spoken to me 30, 40 years ago. And I have to be very careful not to try and help uh, God out uh, to make these prophecies come to pass. Our father Abraham thought he was uh, going to help God out by marrying Hagar, remember? And what a mess that turned out to be. All right. Now, so David moves in the flesh and he secures the kingdom by having more children. Uh, David, of course, you know, had a weakness with women and he had two wives uh, in the wilderness, took many wives in Hebron. And then when he came to Jerusalem, uh, he had many, many more wives. He should have stuck with one. And that was, I believe, Abigail. But, you know, he had many wives, and that was really David's weakness and also his downfall. In, uh, in verses 17 to 25, it's a record of how the Philistines gathered against David. Now, understand that David was not the only one who understood that God was establishing him. Satan also understood it, and so he stirs up the Philistines. They come to search out for David, and they uh, weren't interested in anything else but kill David. Because 20 years ago, they, they never forgot. It was a personal vendetta. They never forgot the humiliation when David killed the giant. Remember Goliath? With one stone, he had to Goliath down. Hallelujah. And he killed the giant, and they never forgot that. But it was more than that. It was demonic. This whole thing, uh, the demonic saw David as a threat to them. So they come down to the Valley of Giants, and Israel had never won a battle in that valley, the Valley of Giants, right? So... Uh, so the, the, just before your breakthrough point comes, I'm telling you the devil has a legal right to test the prophetic word. Remember Jesus, just see, the moment he got anointed uh, in the river Jordan uh, to begin his ministry, the devil came and tested him for 40 years. And you know, the Holy Spirit never protected him from that. In fact, the Holy Spirit drove him to the wilderness to meet his adversaries because every time God drives you to meet your adversary, it means you're ready for the battle. Hallelujah. And Simon Peter, you know that Satan knew that he was the one that God had chosen to be the leader of the apostolic band. And uh, the, the devil sought permission from Jesus to save Peter. And, P and the Lord said to Peter, Peter, I prayed for you. The, the devil has asked permission to sift you, but I prayed for you that your faith will not fail. Come on, hallelujah. I tell you this, I have un I'm un under no illusions. 
that where I am today and where you are today is because Jesus is praying for us. Hallelujah. If you think that his prayer ministry stopped when he died on the cross, you are solemn mistaken. When he resurrected, the Bible says that he ever lives to make intercession for us. Come on. I'm here. You are here. We're making it because Jesus is praying for us. Woo. Amen. He is praying for us. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, some of you are going through very unusual trials at this time in your life. Um, well, I'll tell you why. Because the enemy sees that you are close to your breakthrough point. And he's going to fight you tooth and nail. He's going to stand against you. He's going to try and deflect you from getting to that place where the breakthrough is going to come in your life. You know, when, when, the, when the Philistines came to the Valley of Giants, the first thing that David did was he went down to the stronghold. Now, the stronghold is an important place because that's the place where the devil cannot follow you into. Come on. He goes into the stronghold, and there in the strongholds, he seeks the counsel of the Lord. He says, Lord, shall I, shall I go out and fight them? Will you give me good success? You know, my friends, uh, my Brother Bailey, my mentor, always said to me, ask the two questions. Don't just stop, ask, don't stop at the one question. You know, we always say, Lord, should I do this? And, you know, the Lord says, yes. But we should always follow up with the second question, will you give me good success? Hallelujah. You know, when you're, you're taking a job, the job offer, Lord, can I take this job? And will you make me successful in this job? Amen. And some of you, you know, you're in a marriage, you know, you, you ask the Lord and Lord for permission to get married. And the Lord says, yes. And then for the next 20 years, you fight tooth and nail, you know, and you say, Lord, you told me to marry. You, you gave me permission to marry this woman, but the, you didn't ask the second question. Will this marriage be happy? Hallelujah. Amen. David always asked those two questions. And then he goes down to engage the enemy. And the way that he defeated the enemy was so supernatural that, the, that he had a revelation of the Lord as the Lord of breakthroughs. Hallelujah. The Lord of breakthroughs. And I want to prophesy over some of you here watching this right now. And I want to say that God is going to break through in your life. And some of you, especially those with financial issues, I'm telling you this, there's coming a breakthrough in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I speak that over your life right now. A breakthrough in your life. Hallelujah. And let me just give you an illustration of a powerful breakthrough here in Mark chapter 6 and verse 56. It says, whenever, whenever he entered into the villages or cities, this is speaking of Jesus, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that he might touch them, the, the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made well. As many as touched him were made well. Now watch this place. This is, this is how a breakthrough happens, right? Someone walks and steps out in faith, believes God for the impossible, obtains the breakthrough. And what happens is they pave a way for others to follow in the same manner. Now, the Bible is full of examples uh, about this principle. So here's this beautiful illustration, right? In Mark chapter 5, one chapter before, there's a woman with the issue of blood. You know the story. For 12 years, she's gone to all the doctors. No one can help her. She's going to die. Uh, she's lost all her money. But worst of all, she lost all hope until she hears about Jesus of Nazareth. And uh, he's passing through the village, and she thinks to him, herself, she says, if only, if only I can touch the hem of his garment, I, would, I can be healed. 
Now, of course, there was a huge crowd around Jesus. There was, I don't know whether there was any way that she could, but man, that woman had persistence, man. She started pushing away in like a woman on a Black uh, Friday shopping spree. <laughs> she starts, man, pushing away in and moving people out of the way. And finally, she reaches enough to touch the hem of his garment. And the moment he, she touched the hem of, you know what Jesus said? He said, someone touch, somebody touch me. I love that. You know, this woman was a nobody. But the moment she touched Jesus, she became a somebody. And I'll tell you this, my friends. God loves to take a nobody and make him into a somebody in front of everybody without asking anybody. Hallelujah. Amen. She was a nobody. And then she touched Jesus and he said, somebody touch me. Come on, I'm telling you this. You touch Jesus and he changes your life. Amen. And she gets completely healed. All right. It was no ordinary touch. It was the touch of faith. The next thing we know, this story is noised about. Everybody is talking about the woman who got healed, reaching out, touching the hem of his glove. Can you imagine the marketplace? Everybody, man, did you see that woman? She was so badly, she was so sick, and she could hardly walk, and she touched Jesus' hem of his garment, and then suddenly he gets, she, he gets, she gets healed, and everybody's talking about it. The next thing we know is everybody wants to touch his garments. Come on. Now, that's a breakthrough. One woman breaks through, and then everybody else is getting healed because that woman had faith to press through the crowd and reach out and touch Jesus. Amen? Amen? Amen. And we must believe God for the same thing. You know, this is, the, this is an amazing principle in Scripture, all right? Uh, uh, you, you find in, in the Word of God that there, were, there, were, there was a story of, you know, where, where Paul's apron was being used and his handkerchiefs uh, was being used to pray, to heal the sick. How, how did that happen? It's because somebody had the audacity of faith to say, man, I, I believe that the, and God can heal the sick. Hallelujah. Often it takes just one person who says, I can believe God for the impossible. It is the same with King David. Think about this, right? That when, when Goliath, that nine and a half foot giant stood before all of Israel. He seemed undefeatable. Man, how do you fight a giant like Goliath? And all of Israel fled at the sight of this monstrosity until David comes along and he kills the giant. Woo! Now after David kills the giant, what happened? It was giant killing season. Come on. The rest of the giants were killed by David's men. I'll tell you this, my friends. If you want to be a giant killer, you got to hang around those giant killers. Amen. It's very, uh, David broke through, killed the giant. Now all the giants are being killed by David's men. You know, we anoint handkerchiefs. I mentioned that because somebody in the Bible had the audacity to believe God for that. Amen. Why do we believe for multiplying bread? Because Jesus modeled that in scripture. When a miracle is done, it means that we can multiply, that miracle can be multiplied. Amen. And I tell you this, I prophesy that the day will come when cancer will be healed in many places, hallelujah. And I believe that the day is going to come where our churches are going to be declared cancer-free zones, hallelujah. And God is just waiting for the man and for the woman who will say, I believe we can do this in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. You know, I know the Olympic Games are on right now, but uh, many years ago, uh, there was a man in 1954, his name was Roger Bannister, and he was the first person to break the sub four-minute mile. And he broke through what was seemingly an impossible barrier. It was unbreakable. But he broke the barrier, and within a matter of 45, 46 days, his record was broken. And in the last 50 years, that, re that record was... that 
record was broken by something like 17 seconds. Now, in the, in the, in the world of running, that 17 seconds, woo, it's, it's, a, it's, a big, it's a big gap, right? And it currently stands at 3 minutes and 43 uh, uh, seconds. I mean, one man breaks the barrier. Now everybody can do it. I can't do it, but many people can. <laughs> All right. During the Israel six-day war with uh, the enemies, um, Israel was attacked at three fronts, and they were outnumbered 50 to 1. The situation looked terribly bleak. The, in the Syrian front, all right, they had these minefields miles deep, layer upon layers of mine, and there was no way that Israel could cross those minefields. But they realized that they didn't have to, to uh, go into the, the whole width of the battlefront. All they needed to do was to make an insertion. Come on. All they needed to do was to make an incursion at one single point through which they could enter into the enemy's territory. And that point of incursion is called the breakthrough point. Hallelujah. Amen. So what they did was they lined up all these trucks and the sold these earth moving equipment and the soldiers would be behind them and they would send the first truck. Boom, it will explode. And then they would clear the truck and they would send the second truck. Boom, it will explode. And then they will remove the truck and they'll send the third truck. Boom, until it cut a path through the minefield and then they had, they had the breakthrough. And that's how they had that breakthrough. And ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I feel that this, this evening we want to take a few moments to pray because there are, there, there's this anointing for breakthrough today. Amen. We just need to keep pressing on, keep pressing forward. Amen. I tell you this, God is going to give you your breakthrough. Amen. I want to just take uh, this to a landing and come back to the story and draw your attention to the second battle that David had in the valley of Rephaim against the Philistines. They gathered in the same valley, look exactly like the same battle, the first battle, but it was, a, it was a slightly different situation. David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord gave him the battle strategies. He said, don't, 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 don't engage them. He said, wait at the mulberry trees and listen to the sound of the rustling of the mulberry leaves, amen. And that's so beautiful, man, because what the Lord was saying, he says, wait for my army, my angelic army to move forward before you do anything, amen. And I'll tell you, this is really an important thing, my friends, because the, God is sending his angelic army to aid us in this time of warfare. Uh, God wants to give you the breakthrough that you need today. And again, it might be a financial breakthrough that you need. Maybe it's a physical breakthrough that you need. And maybe it's a long-standing sickness and disease that you have been battling. And, and you say, God, when am I going to get healed? I want to pray for the anointing of breakthrough in your life. Amen. And I tell you this, God is sending angels to us. Amen. I, I believe with all my heart that behind every person is an angelic being that protects us. And so, you know, when the earthly army gathers the heavenly army gathers as well amen come on hallelujah and i'll tell you this there's been an assembling together of the angelic over cornerstone and over our network of churches and we got to believe today for the breakthrough and come to the place of the double camp hallelujah the camp of Mahanaim, amen then this is the place where the earthly army and the heavenly army learns to cooperate and work together i want to pray for you right now in jesus name i want to pray that god will break every chain over your life i pray that i want to pray that god will give you your breakthrough wherever you are in your in your homes right now in your in, in if some of you are gathered in your churches and some of you are gathered in your offices would you stand up wherever you are 
Because I want to pray in Jesus' name. Shandaraba, Sandaraba. You know, I know the theme of this uh, is revival, but you need a breakthrough today. Hallelujah. You need a breakthrough. You need to pursue, overtake, and recover all. Amen. You need to pursue, overtake, and recover all. God wants to give you that breakthrough tonight. And wherever you are watching, in Jesus' name, let's pray. Let's believe God for the uh, for a powerful breakthrough right now. Come on, my friends, pray in the spirit. Shandarabu Sandaraba. Kuraba Shandaraba. Lord, we thank you that you're the God of breakthroughs. Hallelujah. Shikarababa. Hurababa Shandaraba. Come on, just pray in the spirit. Building up that most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Shankara. What is what what's happening in your life, my friends? You can't see it, but I tell you it's far bigger than you know and that you can ever imagine. If you will trust the Lord. If you will yield yourself to the Lord, my friends, I tell you this, God can bring you farther than you will ever imagine in your life or ever dreamed in your life. Hallelujah. God's plans for you are always good. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you that the churches, that the cornerstone churches are coming to a breakthrough point. Hallelujah. And I know that there's been great opposition in the last months, the 12 months, Lord, with this COVID. And Lord, there are many people that are facing a spiritual opposition because the enemy knows, Lord, that we are close to that breakthrough point. And Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray right now for the people that are watching and tuning into this message. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray for an anointing a breakthrough God give them the breakthrough they need Lord in whatever area of their lives Lord and I pray in Jesus name Lord Lord remove those obstacles and let the anointing the anointing the anointing of breakthrough come upon them in Jesus name and let the results be immediate hallelujah Lord I pray in Jesus name right now Lord let the results be immediate Lord that they will see Lord in the next few days Lord immediate changes in their lives hallelujah Shandaraba, I speak that over you right now. Shikarabha. Come on, just pray in the spirit for a few moments. Pray in the spirit. Hallelujah. Shikarabha. Some of you pastors, you are stuck in the rut. For many years, you're about, you had 50 people, you know, but God wants to give you a breakthrough. I remember, my brothers and sisters, I remember this so clearly in the year 2002. We were 600 people and we were there for years, man. I, we were just flatlining. And then a man came to our church and we were having a prayer meeting and he gets up to the pulpit. It was the month of July. And he says, Pastor Young, the Lord says that he's going to double your church. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this is July. We've got five months left before the year ends. And for the last three years, we've, we've, we have remained at 600 people. We've not grown. And now you're giving me the word that in five months, we're going to double. But I tell you this, man, we reached out in faith and said, Lord, we believe. And you know, by 31st December, we were 1,200 people. Come on. There was a breakthrough. And then within a few years, we doubled that number. And within a few years, we doubled that number again. And I'll tell you this, you need a breakthrough. Sometimes you are flatlining. Sometimes you are at this uh, stalemate position. And God wants to come in and give you aid. Hallelujah. And this is what the battles that David fought. This is the battle that Joshua fought. My friends, they needed supernatural help. Hallelujah. To finish the task. To wipe out the enemy. Amen. And I, man, we need this right now. I need this. I need aid. I need supernatural aid in the battles that I'm fighting. And so do you. So come on, pray right now. A few more moments. We're going to close in prayer in the next few moments. But man, I'm believing God for a mighty breakthrough today. Oh God, I pray. 
Oh God, in Jesus' name, give these people the breakthrough they need. The breakthrough they need. The breakthrough. That they need in Jesus' name. In whatever area, whatever sphere, Lord, whether it's physical, emotional, financial, Lord, uh, Lord, in Jesus' name, God, grant to them the breakthrough that they need. Hallelujah. For the churches, Lord, in our Cornerstone Global Network, I pray, God, that they will experience the breakthroughs uh, in, in their attendances, God, that they will never have more people coming in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lord, you're going to draw them by the Holy Ghost. Amen. And that, Lord, you're going to break them out of the rut they're in right now in Jesus' name. I speak the word of faith over their lives right now. I prophesy, increase, 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 increase in Jesus' name. Shandaraba. Hallelujah. Father, we just bless you. And I thank you, God. And I thank you. Revival is coming. I believe with all my heart, Lord. No doubts about this. Revival is coming. Hallelujah. And Lord, you called us to tarry. You called us to prepare our hearts to receive what you are about to do, Lord. My job is not to know when, Lord. My job is to be faithful, hallelujah, to what you have called us to do, Lord. And Lord, I know that the day will come. You will send the fire. You will send the wind. You will send the rain. You will send the dove. And you will send the Holy Spirit for Jesus sake hallelujah so I bless you and give you all the glory in Jesus name and everybody said amen you've just listened to a production of Cornerstone Community Church please note that all unauthorized reproduction distribution or sale of the recording is prohibited for permission to reproduce or distribute the sermon please write into mail at cscc.org.sg. We hope that you have been blessed.